0: Hi there this is Brian Barnett with The Last Symptom. When I started The Last Symptom I never in a million years imagined it would grow as it has. In these early shows especially audio quality was often iffy and there were references to services or online groups that are outdated and no longer in use. Great improvements have been made. Where should you go for all of the most up to date resources that I offer? thelastsymptom.com is my permanent website full of free resources where everything is always up to date and that I encourage you to refer back to often there are also a few modest paid resources at thelastsymptom.com these support my efforts and have allowed The Last Symptom to exist for as long as it has these include one-on-one phone conversations with me one-on-one Zoom video calls with me, and perhaps most importantly, The Last Symptom Fundamentals Course, which is a two-week, intensive, pre-recorded online video course that is far superior to things like DBT. The Last Symptom has a flourishing YouTube and Rumble channel where I publish regular orange slices, which are condensed video insights of 5 or 10 minutes in length. If you are just now discovering the last symptom, welcome. I hope you will find every insight and resource you need here for authentic and permanent recovery from emotional disorders, such as borderline personality disorder. Now on to the show. I hope you enjoy. Brian Barnett is just a regular guy.
1: He's not a doctor. He has no legal license in any field of mental health nor emotional health. Brian Barnett merely shares the insights he has gained from his personal experiences for anybody who may choose to use such information as they individually and personally choose while accepting full responsibility for their own individual thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. Brian Barnett assumes no responsibility whatsoever for anybody's individual choice to expose himself or herself To any information that Brian Barnett shares, and by listening to this program, you are acknowledging that you, and only you, are responsible for your own thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. Happy Thursday, everybody. This is Brian Barnett, and we're chugging right along. Got a secret to tell you. Move real close to your speaker there. I'm going to whisper it in your ear. It's not actually Thursday. It's still Saturday, but I'm trying to record as many of these podcasts as I can so that I can get a, a nice list up on my podcast site. So anyway, pretending like it's Thursday, let's uh, talk about what causes borderline personality disorder. This is one of my um, pillar articles that I wrote, and a lot of those articles end up here on my podcast, the, just the spoken version of those ideas and insights. So anyway, let's talk about what causes borderline personality disorder. You've read a million different theories, haven't you? And you've noticed that uh, a lot of those theories conflict, don't they? Everybody seems to say something different about it. (laughs) Well, fortunately, you've found your way to me, and I'm going to start giving you some direct answers. I'm going to cut away all of the Bullshit. And excuse my terminology there. I, I don't, I'm not a person that really enjoys uh, language like that. But when I was recovering from borderline personality disorder, I could not deny the effectiveness of that word. <laughs> when I finally met a guy, it, this was in um, Scottsdale, Arizona. I was talking to a psychologist there. And if you can imagine this guy, I had been looking for him for a long time. (laughs) I just didn't know it. And finally I met him, and he was this no-nonsense person. If you can imagine him, kicked back in his chair with his legs up on his desk, talking to me very uh, naturally. And he was not afraid to tell me that what a lot of experts were saying on the subject was bullshit. And that was the term he used, and it really... Had an effect on me. I mean, it do, it's not the same to say it's uh, erroneous. <laughs> you know, it doesn't have the same flavor. Um, what else? Uh, it's not accurate. Uh, that information's not accurate. It doesn't have the same effect. When you say, listen, that guy, well, he's full of bullshit and the stuff he's teaching you is bullshit. This is what's really going on. Then you know that you've found. Somebody worth listening to, don't you? So anyway, let's get into this. Imagine that you're two or three years old. And now imagine that every time you express your feelings, your parents subtly invalidate that emotion. For example, the air hand dryers in restaurant bathrooms scare the living daylights out of you. They're loud, and they're terrifying, and they cause you to cling to your mother or your father in terror. But instead of comforting you, your mom laughs at how ridiculous it all is. She tells you to stop being scared. And it's so amusing to her, in fact, that maybe she keeps turning it on because she just can't get over how scared you are of the air hand dryer. And she wants to show you why you shouldn't be scared. Or let's say that at two years old, you're playing with something you shouldn't be playing with. Maybe a bottle of honey or uh, you know, your, your mother's makeup or any number of things. And now let's imagine that the honey or the makeup or the paint or the ink pen It has now created a mess all over the floor. It's all over you. And as your dad comes into the room, you look up at him. You're laughing because you're having such a good time. And horrified, he says, what are you doing? And he snatches it from you. Can you picture that? Your emotions just went from the heights of joy to zero in a split second. Your emotions were neither recognized nor validated. Or you can't find your baby doll's shoe. Let's say you've got one, but you can't find the other. And this makes you frustrated and sad. So your parents say, listen, stop crying. There's no reason to get upset. And five minutes later, if you're still crying, they say, you keep that up, we're going to give you something to cry about. See, your feelings were invalidated. They had no value at all in any of those situations. Now, a few isolated instances of this sort of invalidating behavior would probably not cause any damage. However, these types of parents are generally not one-time offenders. During the relatively brief window of development when children are forming fundamental certainties about themselves and the world, consistently having their feelings invalidated over a period of time results in two disastrous effects. And I'm going to tell you about them now. The first disastrous result. The child... Subconsciously arrives at the conclusion that his feelings are inherently irrelevant and shameful. Inherently is a key word here. Irrelevant is a key word and shameful is a key word. Do you know what shame is? It is a humiliating repugnance at something. For example... When I was a kid, I had an operation on my toe for an ingrown toenail, and uh, the doctors botched it. The surgeons botched the work. So now I walk around with this toe that looks like Quasimodo. This is not something that I walk around showing off at the beach. Now, my toe is not a good example of genuine shame. I'm just using it here as an illustration. Because if I were genuinely ashamed of it, I would not be telling you about it right now. In the case of my toe, it's more of a, an embarrassment, um, kind of. A, I want to spare other people the sight of it because I know that it's not pretty to look at. But now, in the case of shame, somebody feels a repugnance, a humiliating repugnance at the thing, and so they hide it at all cost. Now, back to the point: the child, in this first disastrous result of having their feelings. Invalidated time after time, consistently arrives at the subconscious conclusion that his feelings are inherently irrelevant and shameful. And this conclusion is completely logical based on how his caregivers consistently treat his feelings. And this conclusion is what is referred to often as a distorted core belief. It's distorted because even though it's a relative truth, given the child's current circumstances, in other words, in his family, it's true that his feelings are irrelevant. And his parents do treat his feelings shameful. But it's not the broader truth. The child's circumstances are one day going to change. He's not going to be in that environment anymore. And he's going to get into his own relationships. He's going to become an adult and get into his own relationships. But it's core in that it involves a fundamental or a foundation conclusion about how life and the world work. The nature of self. Such fundamental or core conclusions are arrived at relatively quickly for use in getting started at navigating life. You say you were talking about a two- or a three-year-old, four-year-old here. So they're trying to develop a foundation, understanding of the world, so that then they can operate appropriately within it. So children adopt these fundamental beliefs very early in life, and then they file them away, never to be questioned again. You see, future beliefs, future knowledge, gets layered over this and directly influenced by it. Future beliefs and future knowledge gets informed by these fundamental beliefs. And this means that all of those conclusions also have the potential to end up distorted. Because they're being informed by a belief that is distorted in itself let's go to the second disastrous result that a child who consistently has their feelings invalidated uh, experiences the child stops volunteering emotional intimacy that is emotional honesty to his caregivers and to others and this continues throughout the child's entire life the child lives with his or her whole life in total solitude with his authentic emotions. He keeps them safely private and out of reach from family, best friends, girlfriends, spouses, lovers, his own children. And what this translates into is severe intimacy deficiency, cold marriages, inability to feel genuine empathy... Now, a lot of people with borderline personality disorder swear up and down that they are the epitome of empathy, that they are very empathetic. But what they don't appreciate is that their form of empathy is self-serving. Genuine empathy is not self-serving, so they don't experience genuine empathy. They also experience a a life of lies, secrets, double lives, a fierce unwillingness to even consider seeking out help from others because their parents taught them that this only leads to rejection of feelings, embarrassment, humiliation, and shame. This is also where the personality disorder of the disorder comes in. Instead of feeling comfortable enough to reveal their two personalities, Which, do you know what that involves? It involves revealing your true feelings. Well, when a person genuinely feels like their feelings are shameful, they're not revealing their true feelings. So when you talk about revealing your true personality to somebody, that's really just another way of saying that you're allowing your authentic emotions to show, your emotional self to be out in the open and visible. And people with borderline personality disorder don't do that. As a result, their identities don't uh, grow and mature like those of healthy people. No, those people with borderline personality disorder keep that very well hidden. And instead, they try to give everybody a superficial version, which they believe is going to be more readily embraced. This is the mirroring that you hear talked about, the reason they're doing it is because they can't reveal their authentic selves to other people, you see, because they're ashamed of that. So instead, they try to mimic what they see in the movies or what they see some popular person, especially if a person is popular and well-liked, they'll start mirroring some of those qualities of that person in the hope that this will result in greater acceptance. All the naturally occurring effects which sprout directly from the distorted core belief and by extension the two disastrous results which I just detailed here, all of that together is what we know of today by the name Borderline Personality Disorder. Now I'm going to tell you the reason why I used the air hand dryers in my illustration. Not long ago I discovered that my daughter is terrified of air hand dryers. <clears throat> Excuse my voice. I'm, I just got over pneumonia. If you've been listening to my podcast, you know this. Anyway, it, it comes in and out. Uh, my three-year-old daughter's terrified of the air hand dryers in bathrooms. And that's why I use it as an example here. Now, I don't need to know why the air hand dryers scare my daughter. I don't even need to convince her that they aren't scary. You see, scary is a relative thing. And to her, they're scary. And this is all that needs to matter to me. When I see she's scared, I genuinely, I I feel the weight of that fear. And I want to help her understand that that fear in itself matters. In another article, I talk about uh, alligators. You see, does my daughter's fear have more validity if she's afraid of, say, an alligator rather than an air hand dryer? No. In both cases, her fear is equally valid. It doesn't matter if I know that air hand dryers can't hurt her. Her fear is still what it is. And that in itself is where the validity inherently resides. In the fear itself, not in the reasons for her fear. So I don't think it's funny when my daughter gets scared about things that I know can't hurt her. I don't think it's funny because she's scared. And that fear is where I place the value. Anyway, this is a subject that we could go on talking about for ages, right? But we're not going to today. We're going to stop here and uh, because we've got a lot of future podcasts to get to. And in those future podcasts, we're going to be discussing so many different details and elements of borderline personality disorder. And I hope that with the library of these podcasts, the greater picture will then start to become clear to everybody. But I appreciate your understanding that not every aspect and detail of borderline personality disorder can be discussed in every single podcast or uh, article. So stick around. Thanks for listening. And we'll get to those other considerations and questions and details real soon. This is Brian Barnett signing off, and I'll see you probably next time on a genuine, authentic Thursday. Have a good weekend, everybody.